Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Oh. All right, prayer. We're talking about prayer. Ask. Some might have thought, ask, ask anything. We'll try to answer it, but ask is ask. God wants us to ask, and asking is what prayer is all about. So first week, God needs you to pray, and that's all about the name of Jesus. He needs you to pray, and he wants you to partner in prayer, John 16, 23, 24. And in that day, in that day, there's coming a time, and Jesus at the Last Supper said, I am initiating a new process of prayer. You've never done this before, but from now on, you'll do it. All prayers to this point have been, uh, you know, secondary to what you'll get. You'll have a new privilege in prayer that never existed before. And you see, if we keep on praying old covenant prayers, old covenant ways with old covenant mindsets, we're not going to get results. It's kind of like we change the locks on the doors and there's a new key. And if you keep coming with the old key, you're not going to get results. And there's a lot of people getting no results is because they're using the old keys, hoping it'll happen. But when God says, I'm going to institute a new covenant in my blood, he also said, I'm going to give you a new way to pray. And he said, there's a new love. There's a new, all these things, there's a whole new community. There's new access. It's a better covenant, but the better covenant also has better prayer and it has better authority. Before you used to beg God to get involved. Now you command the situation to change in Jesus name. Before you used to say, God, please do something. Now you tell the situation to change in Jesus' name. Before you beg, please get involved in this. And now you can come to the Father in the name of Jesus. And you can speak to a mountain and you can command it to be gone in the name of Jesus. It's a whole new different kind of prayer. So we need to know that right off the top, that the new covenant has a new way of prayer. So you never heard it before, never before, never. But now you've asked nothing before in my name, but now ask in my name and you will receive ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. And here's what, that your joy may be full. Isn't it great? And do it because I want you to be full of joy. I want you to be wrecked and I want you to be baptized in the goodness of your God over your life. So it's a good thing. So that was day one. Then we talked about praying on purpose and showed you my dad's prayer bench. And on that, he prayed, he, he preached this sermon often, over and over. He said, moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you that good and that right way. And that was Samuel when they decided that they wanted a king. I mean, the crazy people, God was their king, but they wanted a king like every other nation it troubles me. You know, God is our king. And yet I see that even in North America. God is your king. I'm not your king. I'm just a servant and a pastor. But I even see in North America, we want kings. We want mighty men and women of God that we can follow. Hallelujah. You know, you don't need a king. And those people wanted, like the other nations, they got, they got people, awesome spokespeople over them. You know, you got Jesus, almighty God. The only thing I do is put your hand in Jesus. I just want to get out of the way. And I want to, what I want to equip you in, I want to equip you in the knowledge of that you got a loving father. you got Jesus who's made a new and living way. And you got the Holy Ghost who will teach you all things and lead you into all truth. That's what I want to equip you in is the revelation that he speaks to you. He is with you. He'll never fail you. And, you know, I want to equip you not to be subject to me or to somehow, you know, I'll be your guy for the hour. I want to serve you. I want to be a foundation that pushes you into the face of Christ so you can get great revelation. 
Prayer. So we got to teach some stuff. We got to teach about prayer. And that's my dad's prayer desk. That was that picture. And it's in our basement. Now, it was in our bedroom, but my mother, my mother, my, my wife moved it to the basement. And that's why I had a car accident. So anyways. <laughs> Man, I got to get all this blame out of my life. I, got, I have serious issues. Just pray for me right now. Pastor, be healed of that in Jesus' name. Come on. All right. So praying on purpose. Last week, we talked about praying on purpose. There's a time time or times of prayers. There's a place of prayer, a voice of prayer. There's specifics in prayer. And then there's agreement. It's so beautiful that Prisca, who's now been renamed Priscilla, (laughs) that that Prisca in her small group said, you know what? I've prayed. I've given it to the Lord. I trust him that it's done, but I'm going to apply the principle of agreement. And I'm going to get somebody to agree with me tonight. And the power in agreement the evidence was totally gone. And the manifestation that she is healed, already healed, that manifestation of already being healed came into manifestation when agreement took place. Because if two or more agree on anything, standing on earth, they shall have whatever they ask for. So it's powerful stuff. So that's that's why I say pray on purpose. Like be very purposeful in your prayer. Well, I always pray. Well, have times of prayer. Have specific purposeful times where you go, Father, we got an appointment and I'm keeping it. And we're going to have some dialogue about issues that I'm concerned about. And you write on my heart the things you're concerned about. And let's us together bring into manifestation in my world and our world what you desire. Specific appointments. So do that. So today we're going to talk about the posture of prayer. All right? The posture of prayer. A couple of quotes. Uh, Billy Graham, he said, Heaven is full of answers which no one ever bothered to ask. Heaven is full of answers which no one ever bothered to ask. Say ask. Ask. F.B. Meyer said the great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. The great tragedy is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. And how often do we not engage God in circumstances or situations and go hard? So we're going to talk about the posture of prayer. Mark eleven seventeen. it says that he taught them, saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you made it a den of thieves. He came with a whip, and he, he thrashed everything. He kicked the tables over, and he said, Get out. And everybody who was trading in currency and doing nonsense in the house of God, he kicked them all out then he taught and everybody paid attention and what did he teach on he taught this he said you see this place i know the purpose of this place this is the house of god and the house of god should be called a house of prayer for the nations it's really convicting when you're a pastor when you wonder what amount of time is devoted in this place for prayer what amount of time is devoted to entertainment, to, you know, even to teaching or to, you know, singing or to all these other things when God says, my house shall be a house of prayer? How much time do we devote when we're gathered in this house to prayer? Because you know what it's called? It's called a house of prayer. And that word prayer is tefillah, which is an intensifier. Te and philal is prophetic prayers accompanied by music. So, That's why we sing a little bit more, we declare a little bit more, we speak a little bit more in the name of Jesus to circumstances, because this is a house of prayer for the nations. And it's got to be that. If it's not, if it's an entertainment house, if it's where you have cute little services house, if it's all this house, it's called a house of prayer. Let it be a house of prayer. Can I get an amen from the front row, from the side row, from that row, from the back row, the back row? All right, we're good, good. All right, so... First Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. So some people think that means pray all the time. I think what Paul really meant was, don't stop praying. 
You know what? Your prayer life, your devotion to prayer, don't stop praying. I don't really think Paul meant, you know, pray all the time. I mean, pray all the time. Have a, have a spirit of prayer that's on you all the time. But I think he meant it. never stop prayer. Make sure prayer is a vital part of who you are and of your life. So prayer is a very, very important thing in the body of Christ. John 15, 16, you did not chose me. You did not chose me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask, whatever you ask in the the Father in my name, he may give you. Amen? My father, quote from my dear father, my father always said this. He said, my gracious and loving heavenly father. It's coming up right there. There it is. Our gracious, loving heavenly father. And my dad always did that. There's sometimes we, you know, mock that dad, dad pray. Well, our gracious and loving heavenly father. And he'd always start with that. I mean, it was just written in my spirit as a kid. We'd pray over anything. And my dad would begin by saying, our gracious, loving heavenly father. You know what? That got rooted in my spirit, though. You know, he's not just my father, he's my heavenly father, and he's gracious, and he's loving heavenly father. And you need to have, if anything today, if please, if you don't walk out here with anything else, walk out with this. You have a gracious and a loving heavenly father. Oh, wow. What a great revelation. What an amazing self-disclosure of God himself, that he is your father. He's a good, good father. We respond with love. I threw this on my Facebook just for fun. We respond with love to a heavenly father who is personal and intimate. We can only give cold compliance to ideas, philosophies, and laws. Does he know you? I say, does he know you? Because for you to say, I know him, or I know about him, or I had a quest for him, letting him know you is a place where you open your heart up, and you become vulnerable, and you let God know you. I'm going to let you all the way in to my life. I don't want philosophies, laws, ideas. I don't, want to, I don't want to obey stuff or sermons or teachings. I want to be led and guided by your eye alone, by your influence in my life. I want, you see, that, that's easy to do. It's easy to respond to the love of a gracious and a loving heavenly Father. All right, Luke chapter 11, 1 to 13. We're going to read it all. So it's all up here on the screen. If you can't find your Bible, your reading instrument, you can look on the screen. Did it for you. You ready? Now, it came to pass as he was praying. Say, as he was praying. He was praying in a certain place. The word certain is certain. And there was a place. It was a certain place. Many believe that when he was in the Jerusalem area, that Gethsemane, that was a place that he made as a, a place of prayer. That's why Judas knew where to find him. Where's he going to be? Well, this is his time of prayer. I know exactly where he'll be. And he knew he'd be in Gethsemane. He went. He, he's at a certain place and he's praying. And when he stopped praying, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to lay hands on the sick and heal them. Teach us, Father. Teach us how to declare incredible, wonderful sermons. Teach us how to walk on water, how to multiply the bread and the loaves. Teach us, Father. The only thing the disciples ever asked for, ever, was teach us to pray. And you know what? That is the one thing. If you can get the revelation of what it is to pray, and you can be mentored in what it is to pray, everything else comes along with it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek him. Seek him first. Everything else comes with that. And when you learn how to abide in him, how to walk in the revelation of his life for you, wow, the rest is easy. Lord, teach us to pray. And I believe they asked that because they saw what's going on here is manifest out here. See, he doesn't work hard to do this stuff because he does all the heavy lifting with the Father. 
I think it was, uh, uh, I, think, I don't, think, don't think it was Ali, I think it was Fraser. They said, you know, how do you go through those 15 round fights and how do you have the energy to do all that? I mean, how do you win those long decisions? He said, I win them with the long hours on the road. I win them at three o'clock in the morning in my training. He said, I won them long before I got in the ring. See, a lot of people get in the ring and get the snot beat out of you because you haven't spent time in prayer. But they saw that Jesus did the heavy lifting in his prayer life. Jesus did the heavy lifting in the encounter with his father. And when he came out of the presence of his father and he engaged the world, be healed, be set free, multiply, come forth, Lazarus, come out. It wasn't like, Lazarus, come out. Ugh. Join with me now, come. Let's push, push back the hordes of darkness. Come, guys, gather with me. Ugh. I just went, Lazarus, come forth. And thank God he said, Lazarus, or the whole graveyard would have emptied. <laughs> if he had just said, come forth, everybody, hey. <laughs> but you do the heavy lifting in your personal time with the Father. Amen. Say amen even if you don't get it. It's really not complicated. Amen. Thank you. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. So here we are. Teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples, so he said that when you pray, say. When you pray, say. Say, say. Say literally means audible. It's to speak something. Say it out loud. When you pray, say. What do you say? Our Father. Wow. Are you kidding me? I mean, we don't even say the name of God. It's too terrifying to even invoke the name. We just say the guy. The one. We don't even say his name. No, from now on, don't worry about it. From now on, say our Father. The one we can't even announce, we can't even speak his name, we're terrified. That one, we get to call him Papa? Yeah. You get to call him Abba. You get to call him Daddy. Hey, Daddy! And who is he? He's our Daddy. He's our daddy. <laughs> He's our daddy. Where is he? Our father in heaven. Hallowed, sacred, set apart, glorious, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your reign. You are the king. All your domain, all that it represents, come. Let it be done here on earth as it is in heaven. What is our standard? Our standard is, eh, it's going to be crappy, but sooner or later he's going to get us out of this mess. We're going to struggle. It's going to be hard, but he'll get us out of here soon. Our standard is as it is in heaven. And if it's not as it is in heaven, we will command it to be so until it is. What are we contending for? As it is in heaven. I don't know. Maybe they need the clapping at the back so it comes forward. I don't know what it is. But, but keep on. You guys are doing a good job. All right. Any clappers in the house today? Hey, that's fantastic. All right. Okay. So give us this day our daily bread. Woo! What is the bread? It says the children's bread is healing. It's, it, Jesus said that the children's bread is healing. Healing is. And when it says bread, now in their culture, what did every single child, if nothing else shows up on the dinner table, what will be there certainly? Bread. I mean, if, they, if it was a Chinese culture, they would say, give us this day our daily rice. Because if you expect nothing else, you expect some rice. If you're a Jamaican, it'd be rice and peas. Because that's just the way it is. Can I get an amen from the Jamaicans in the house? Wow, that was weak, wasn't that weak? All right, okay. So give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, 
Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey. Now, it was their culture that, you know, if you had some guests come over and you didn't have anything, you could go knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, you know what? I had some guests unexpected come. I saw that you went and got groceries today. Can you hit me up with a few loaves of bread? In their culture, absolutely do it. When I go to India, Dori Koshi, she's a Canadian girl, married an Indian guy, and she can barely take it because we Canadians, we close our garage door, shut our door. I don't even want to answer the door if I don't have to. I don't care. I'm home now. The garage door shut, bye-bye. In their culture, your door is wide open. And they pastor a church of well over 5,000 people. So she 24-7 has people crawling through her home. And she's like, I have no privacy at all. In their culture, what's yours is mine, what's mine is yours. They walk around, it's like, it's like a, a full-on pot blessing all the time. It's just crazy stuff. I could never do it. It freaks me out. But that's the way it was back then. Hey, I got some friends popped over. I know it's really late, but they just got here. I got nothing. You know, I'm getting groceries tomorrow. I need some bread. Help, help a guy out. He said, look, down below, they might have their chickens and their stuff, and then they lock everything up, and they live on the next floor. I shut everything up. I'm closed in. I'm locked in. I got my favorite nightie on. I'm not coming. So he says, look. He says, he answered. He says, do not trouble me. The door's now shut. My children are here with me. We're in bed. Leave us alone. I cannot rise to give you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence. Because of his persistence, he will rise and he will give him as many as he needs. This is a parable, so there's something para, there's something alongside that we need to be taught and learned. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Yes. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and even today, doors are opening to you. Listen, knock. And the door will be opened. And that's really good news, isn't it? That's, and that's not my word. That's the words of God. That's the red letters in your Bibles. It's Jesus. And here's what he said. He, he summarizes it again. He says, to him who knocks, it will be opened. And if a son asks for bread, oh, sorry, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, It'll be open. Here it is. Is everyone here today? This is a word to everyone. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Man, let's take up another offering. Amen? Feel the glory on that? Not so much. Okay. All right. So, now listen, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? When your son asks for bread, you go, here, son, have some gravel. Are you kidding me, Dad? I mean, nobody's ever done that. Nobody's going to give a rock or a stone. It says, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? No. Anyone here do that? No. No, not at all. He said, or if you ask for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? He said, then you, here's kind of harsh right here, but, and then you who being evil, you folks are evil. <laughs> but he's saying, saying you, you fathers who've been dropped on your head, you're pretty messed up, and, you know, redemption is acting on you, and, you know, you're, you're, you're bent, you got messed up, you're headed towards selfishness, but even you, you know, don't do that kind of stuff. But he said, listen, listen to me. He says, listen. Well, here's one of my favorite things. It says, how much more? 
So even you folks know how to give good things to your kids, right? How much more will your heavenly Father, now listen to this, how much more will heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? How much more will he not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him, who qualify, who pant, who strive, who suffer long? No, to those who ask him. Ask him. Ask him. That's good stuff. Now, in Matthew, there's a parallel a passage of this in Matthew. And in Matthew, it says, I think I put it in my notes. I didn't. I'll come to it later. I want to show you a picture. There it is. That's a good picture. All right, now, that's Frankie. We were at Winters getting stuff for ourselves. And Frankie was with us. But while we were walking around, Frankie saw a few things that she thought were pretty cool. So she saw this little piano, and it was functional. She was playing it and messing with it. So the next thing you know, I go, come on, hon, let's go, let's go, come on. And then all of a sudden, she's got it up, and she's walking by me. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so awesome. So I was like, you know what? You keep carrying it all the way to cash register. It's yours. So sure enough, she followed Gammy. She's not sure who this lady is, but she does know. She, she, well, she knows who she is. She just doesn't know what to call her. But, but right there, look at Frankie looking at Gammy, and she's going like, pretty awesome. We're getting this, aren't we? We are. And, but Cheryl was delighted to purchase that because Frankie asked for it. Frankie just picked it up and said, you know, I wouldn't mind this. Cheryl's like, sure. I mean, we weren't like God, though. God just says, sure, but we said, if you can carry it to the cash register. You're not even two yet, but if you can carry that 20-pound keyboard to the cash register, if you can work hard to get it there, then we'll give it to you. But if you drop it anywhere along the way, if it touches the ground at any spot, it's canceled, you will not get the blessing. Come on, Frankie, you can do it. We're about to bless you. You're about to get your breakthrough. Don't give up. You're coming. Come on, push, Frankie. Push. Oh, it almost hit the ground. I can't. No, it's safe. It's still up. Keep it. I think some of you think that's what God's like, you know? We're, it's fun because when you speak with your grandkids and stuff, you can ask them all kinds of things, and it's fun when their parents aren't around. So... Because, you know, we can say, you know, Frankie, what's a cat say? She says, meow. I say, what's a dog say? Woof, woof. What's a cow say? Moo. And I said, what does mommy say? She went, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, well, that's not how I raised her. We raised her as yes, yes, yes. So, but I do realize that somebody's got to say no once in a while, but it's not me. It's not, not me. You know, I, our Heavenly Father is perfect, pure, and holy, but I want you to know Him, and I want you to know this about Him. He is nuts about you. He can't contain Himself about you, and He wants to give to you excessively, ridiculously, and He doesn't want you to, if you can carry it to the cash register, I'll buy it for you. He says, those who ask, receive. Those who seek, find. Those who knock, it opens. Would you come to an asking service with me, brethren? We're going to ask God for stuff. Oh, can we get you out of heaven today, Father? Okay, hallelujah. All right, I want to just give you three things. Oop, were you tapping the clock there? Wow, that's pretty awesome. All right, a little louder. Tappity, tappity. Three things, come on. This is going to help you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to help you. 
I've been helped just being in the house today. I don't know about you, but I'm like really, really good, you know? Wow. The father wants to be engaged. He wants to be engaged. He wants to. He wants to. So when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. So that's a radical shift to say our Father in heaven. Ephesians 2, 4, but God, so rich in his mercy because of it, in order to satisfy his great love, his wonderful love, wherewith he loved us. God has a ridiculous passion for you that he has to satisfy. And he satisfies it by lavishing you good, wonderful things. Oh, you know, you got to be careful. You can spoil people. He doesn't care. He giveth, he giveth, and he giveth again. But you see, if you've got a mindset that you heard all your life, can I borrow the car tonight, Dad? No, no, no. Can I have a, another piece of pie? No, no, no. I mean, if you got no, no, no all your life, you could be damaged in your perspective of God because all of his promises are yes and amen, every single one of them. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. Father, the father wants to do stuff. Now, he really, really does. So now, my father really was an amazing guy. I mean, my dad, my dad was selfless with everything he had. He really was. He's the most unselfish person I have ever met. It drove my mother nuts because it made her have to be creative accountant because uh, it was amazing. My kids knew. They knew that if you could get Bompa, if you could get Bompa near a mall, then you could get him in the mall. And if you could get him in the mall, then whatever is in the mall is yours. And every time we visited, I'm sure my mom would just about have a fit. Carl, don't go near any malls. Don't go near a store. Where are you going? We're just going to go get some milk. Don't go near a mall. But they'd always come back. And they wouldn't just get a coat. They'd get the latest Roots coat with leather sleeves and stuff. And mom would come and go, how much did that cost? Oh, Sheila, doesn't matter. No, she goes, it does matter. Don't worry about it. Just blessing these kids. I mean, come on. We're not going to have today ever again. Today, I blessed my grandchildren. You know? So fun stuff. And you know what? It all worked out. You're preaching carelessness. No, I'm not. Trust me. It's all good. God's good. My dad, my, my dad had a 38-foot Chris Craft, and we had one weekend where we went up there, and I thought they were going up, but we were there, got a bit later, and I thought, you know what, if they don't show up soon, I mean, it's going to be dark, and I, I want to get somewhere tonight, because we were going to go somewhere over the weekend, and uh, so I was going, it's starting to get dark, we got to go. I untied, boom, started up the engines, 327 Chevys, two of them, just lovely, and you'd pull out, bang, going down Lake Simcoe, had a lovely weekend, we pull back in later the next day, pulling the boat in, and all of a sudden, there's my parents sitting on the picnic table. My dad's like back, and I was like, throw me a line, pull me in, and he's like, ah. and then he's just like, where'd you go, what'd you do? Ah, that's awesome. I go, you guys just come up today? He goes, no, we came up last night. You were gone. <laughs> oh, I didn't think you were coming. So I took the boat. I'm really sorry. He says, I don't care. Where did you go? Did you have a good time? My dad didn't give a rip. He just wanted to know, did you have fun? Did you have a good time? You know, my Kevin, Kevin went to, with my son Dylan years back, and we needed kidney beans to make chili. And so uh, we said, Dylan, can you run the store and get us some kidney beans? So we went to the store, and he pulls out a cart. And Kevin's like, kidney beans. It's just like, you don't need a cart. Dylan goes, oh, I'll get a cart. So Dylan's walking around, fell in the cart. 
And then he gets the kidney beans and he buys the dry kidney beans. He doesn't get the ones in the cans that we wanted. I guess we should have been specific. But he brings back these dry kidney beans. And then when he comes back, he's walking in with these bags of groceries. And Kevin says he's watching and he's going like, man, this guy's going to get in trouble because like, he just wanted kidney beans. He brought all this extra stuff. Yeah, big bill. You know, fills the cart. So while they're walking, you know, Kevin goes, that's all right that he did that? I said, sure, if he needed some stuff or wanted something, that's great. He says, you know what he said to me? Because I said, your dad just wanted kidney beans. You know what he said to me? He said, I am my father's son. <laughs> that was his answer to Kevin when you're, you're filling the cart, Dylan. What are you doing? He said, I am my father's son. You know, what? I was blessed by that because you know what? If you know who you are with your father then you can ask. And in fact, you can go way beyond ask because ask is demanding. That word ask is demanding that things come into manifestation in your life. You know, pizzas, all kinds of stuff. Go for it. Knock yourself out. It's good. I want you to understand the nature of your heavenly father, that he's a good, good father. You know, everything that he's promised you, you don't have to try to earn or you don't have to overcome his unwillingness. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Number two, I want to go to number two. Number two, the father wants expectation. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, everyone who knocks will be open. Expect answers because it is his will that you receive, find that the doors are opened. Expect answers, all right? Expect it. When you approach him, expect that something's going to happen. So you got to believe that and you got to go for it. See, they, they had that story after it. And he, the reason, reason he wrote that uh, passage and put it together, you have to take it in context. Because right after he said, ask, seek, and knock, he gave them that story about the guy who had no bread. How did he get bread? Because he was persistent. And so he went for it. And so some people say, ask and seek and knock are three separate things. They're three separate ways you engage God. Some believe it's a progression. Sometimes you ask and you receive. Sometimes you ask and then you got to add some seeking to it to find it. Sometimes you ask, you got to add some seeking, and then you got to kick down a door or you got to remove an obstacle to get it. So sometimes it's just asking, sometimes it's asking and seeking, and sometimes it involves all three, asking, seeking, and knocking. But you know what? If you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, it will be open to you. How many have asked and not got something? But then you pursued it a little more. You sought into it a little further. You, you began to seek in the whole situation, and you got more revelation. Then after seeking, you getting more revelation. You engaged it in a new way. And then after seeking, you realize that I have an obstacle in my way that I have to knock. And I have to knock this thing out of the way. Sometimes it's not just an ask, it's an ask and a seek. Sometimes it's just not an ask and a seek. Sometimes it's an ask and a seek and a knock. And here's the thing, is Jesus is teaching people how to pray, how to get results. So I'm at a door, I'm dating Cheryl, first couple of weeks of dating. Now Cheryl was highly spiritual. She was really close to God. Now, uh, you know, so, I mean, I would turn off my radio when she came near. I didn't want her to hear. I listened to secular music because she was really spiritual. You know, so, so she'd get in the car and go, praise Jesus. Hell, you just read Isaiah today. She'd say, me too. Wasn't it wonderful? I'd say, praise the Lord. I'll confess later that that's a lie. But, <laughs> but I, you know, here's Cheryl. Cheryl's, so we come up to a locked door. It's her own door. It's where she lives. It's locked. And here's what Cheryl does at the locked door. She went... Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, help me find my keys. And I was like, he's really busy. Like, he doesn't do the key thing. Like, like keys he expects you to find by yourself. But she's straight up praying, Heavenly Father, help me find my keys. And then she opens up her purse, and she begins to dig. And she's like, Lord, help me. And I went, what's in there? <laughs> I mean, before she enters her purse, she has to pray, Lord, sanctify my journey. 
I'm afraid to look in there. I, th- I, think, I think Jimmy Hoffa is in my wife's purse. But it's like the Lost Vaults. It'll be a Geraldo show. Today we have Cheryl's purse. We're going to open it. We're going to go deeper. But here's Cheryl. Lord, help me find my keys. Then she seeks. She finds, and then she takes what she finds, and she engages the door, and she knocks it open. Pretty simple analogy, but I'm telling you, sometimes you got an obstacle, you got to ask. Sometimes that obstacle demands that you got to seek. And then sometimes after seeking, you got to use what God's given you and knock the door open. And that's a progression of prayer, and that's something that, you know what? And he's teaching to pray. We need to do it because he said he will not come down because he's your friend, but he will come down because you were persistent. So what are you saying, God? We got to wear you out? No, don't wear me out, but be persistent yourself that I am who I say I am. Because you don't have to overcome my reluctance. You got to overcome whatever in yourself is blocking you from believing that I will do this for you. So your persistence isn't, isn't that I got to overcome the reluctance of God. Your persistence is so that you can reframe the purpose and the promise for yourself. Because it doesn't define him, it defines you. So that's where the persistence is. Are you okay today? All right, because we're teaching on prayer is what we're doing. So in Luke chapter 18, 1 to 8, he spoke a parable to them. And he said, men ought to pray. Men ought to pray and not lose heart. Pray and don't lose heart. And there's something wrong when we pray and lose heart. How many have ever lost heart when you prayed? I've lost heart. I, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I've lost heart praying. You've been praying for things, believing for things. But I love it because the Lord said today, this year is the year doors are going to open for you. This is the year I will. And if God says this is the year I will, I'm ready to start asking bigger. Amen? So do it. You know what? I got to push back on all my disappointments. I got to push back on all the areas where whatever. I don't know what it was. I'm not going to analyze it, try to figure it out. Let's go. Let's go. I ran into a car. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall hit cars and intersections, nearly kill myself and everybody else. Well, that's not right. I don't know what that's all about, but that should not happen. But I'll tell you this, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil, and God will bring you through. So we got a clock. Yes, sir, let's go. We're going fast now, all right? So this is somebody says, come, there's a certain city, a judge, a nasty judge, all right? And a widow comes, and she wants to get results. And he says, he says, though I do not fear God, or do I regard man, yet this widow troubles me. I will avenge her, lest she continues wearying me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out to him night and day, though he being long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them. Listen to the word speedily so here's the contrast he's not an unjust judge he doesn't have to be overcome and he doesn't have to you know overcome his reluctance and we don't have to wait he says i'm gonna when you come to me i'm not like him see because it's a parable of contrast that guy you had to beat him over the head to finally get results i'm not like him i'll respond quickly i'll respond speedily see even even he responded he's unjust but i'm totally different you speak to me and i'll avenge you speedily i'll come to your reply So, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, here's what he's saying. Nevertheless, having said that to you, here's what I want to know. Will I find faith? Will I find people who really believe that? Will I find people who are willing to just push all the way through and all that's in them to believe that I really am a great God and I love them with an everlasting love? 
Is there a group that will pursue that? Matthew 15, 21 to 28, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, this is a woman. She's a Canaanite. And inside the boundaries of covenant, she's not allowed yet. He said, right now, I'm only for the people of Israel. Seems strange, but, you know, I am bound in my ministry that I'm only allowed to minister in London, Ontario. So I can't heal people outside of London. That's basically what it was. Jesus said, I'd have to go outside of the parameters of my calling, and I can't do it. But she said, even the dogs get the crumbs. And he said, you know what? It's going to happen today. We're going to do it today. You know why we're going to do it? Because you wouldn't quit. And because you have great faith. And that word great is the word megas. You got faith that is off the chart. You got faith that literally is going to pull a future dispensation into your now. You're going to bend the parameters of my ministry. You're going to pull out of the intentions of the heart of God, and you're going to pull something into now that should not come to now, but you're going to do it because you refuse to quit. Wow. Wow. Persistence is the word I can't pronounce. It's anadeya, but it means shamelessness and impudence. Or I like the word chutzpah. I looked up impudence because I thought I better look that up this morning when I put the definition down. It really means to be absolutely rude. It means to be arrogant and to be like shameless. What? Hey! You said so. Move it, buddy. Don't talk to God like that. Well, God said, approach me that way. That's crazy. God is so serious about invading your life with his goodness that he's not going to get offended if you say, big fella, hello. It is. It's, it's, and I didn't write that. He did. He did. He said, boom. He said, this is what's going to happen. All right, last point. Thank you, dear. Hit it again. Hit it. Stand up and spin and lift it and say, hey. All right. Number three, the Father wants what's best for you. How much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? Now in Matthew, parallel passage, same time, different, different writer looking back on it. Matthew said, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good things? To those who ask, what does that tell us about the Holy Spirit and good things? Holy Spirit is good things. But you see, he doesn't just give you good things. He gives you the third person of the Trinity to be your personal standby and advocate. Somebody's with you all the time. So you know what's way better than just getting stuff? Getting the one who creates stuff. Getting the one walking with you every day that let there be stuff. Walking in the realm with the person, the creative force of the Trinity, with you every moment of the day to bring into manifestation. Committed to. His full-time job is you. His full-time job is partnering with you to bring heaven into manifestation in your life. How much more? You give bread to your kids, don't you? How much more will the Father not give you the Holy Ghost? Whoa! Hey, settle down. Please stop running. We've got to finish the service. Don't you wish this was true? It's absolutely true. Just pinch your sluggish self and say, get over yourself. Say, this is the word of the Lord. Don't pinch the baby, Kevin. All right. So. Give me another slide. We got to go. Romans 8, 26. The Spirit helps in our weaknesses. You don't know what to pray for. So the Spirit who is with you, when you're going, I don't even know how to pray about this. The Spirit goes, got it. He begins to intercede for you. And it says, listen to this. It says with wordless groans. 
Now, I know people who are non-charismatic and Pentecostal don't like this, but let me give you a wordless groan. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit starts to intercede with you. It says, pray with your understanding and pray in the Spirit. So pray with your understanding. Father, I pray now that the Patriots would not make it to the finals. That's praying with a lack of understanding, but it's using understanding as weird as it may be. But here's praying with the Spirit. And what am I praying now? I'm praying by the Spirit, the Spirit engaging the Spirit, Spirit to Spirit. No blockages, no hindrances. And what am I praying? I am praying the exact will of God. Isn't that good? We got to have a whole sermon on that because... Some people don't know it. A lot of places, even Pentecostal churches, don't even preach on it anymore because we don't want to freak anybody out or offend anybody. How about I've got a power tool that will change the nature of your life. It'll change it forever. It'll make you move into a new ease of glory in the purpose of God in your life. I don't want it. It sounds weird. That's why some people don't use drills. They still use screwdrivers. Drills are freaky. Okay, he gives you the spirit, he intercedes. Luke 12, 22, do not fear, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. James 1, 16, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation. He's never going to change. He will never stop being good to you. There's no variation. It's not like, uh, he's a little off today. Oh, he's on. I got him in a good mood today. He's always in a good mood. I was talking to him this morning. He's in a great mood, and he's nuts about you. Boom, there's no shadow of changing with him. All right, one more thing right here. Ephesians, let me read this to you, okay? Can I get the uh, worship team or whatever you're doing or whoever's helped me out? Uh, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. This is a prayer, good prayer. Pray it over yourself. But this is my prayer for you today as we close. Are you ready? For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father. To the Father. Say the Father. Say our Father. Say my Father. Say Daddy. Say Papa. I come to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and your Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, out of the abundance of, not out of, but according to the riches of his glory, that you be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Why? Because I want you as an, your inner man, your spirit, the real you. I want the real you to fully grasp Christ, that he may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height of the love. To know the love of Christ, it's a love that passes knowledge, yet I want you to understand it. It's a love that can't be understood, yet I want you to understand it. It's a love that could never be grasped. It's so amazing, yet I want the Spirit to reveal it to you, and I want you to be walking in a revelation of it. Why? So that you may be filled. You may be a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who is able to do exceed abundantly above all that you do ask or think above all that you can dream up or imagine to that God according to the power that's at work within us his power the spirit of God to him be glory to him be a manifestation of his goodness to him be a revelation of his kingship his glory and his fatherhood in the church by Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever Amen. Come on, why don't you stand with me? You're a good, good father.
Go ahead, Cheryl. Good Father, it's who you are. Yes, you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. your eyes closed and just all the believers just praying 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 we're not looking around father we're just digging into you we love you but i just ask right now if there's anyone here and you go you know i don't know the father i don't have that relationship with the father i might even have religion i don't know what i got but i want a personal relationship with the living god i want to accept jesus as my savior. I want to receive him into my life. I want to receive him the new and living way so that I can be forgiven of my sin and free from every obstacle and I can know the father. Listen, if that's you today and you know that in your heart, that I want that. I want not a religion. I don't want to join a church. I want to be connected to my father. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three and I want you to put your hand up. If you've never accepted him as Lord and savior before, when I count to three, put your hand up and say, I want a relationship with my father are you ready one two three just throw your hand up really high really high so we can see it thank you anyone else anyone else just lift your hand up really high so we can see it anyone else I want you to pray all right you put your hand up I just want you to pray and I want you to hear your own voice and everybody around you is gonna pray too so we're all praying and here's the prayer we're gonna pray Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I realize and I believe that my sins are forgiven because of what you've done. So I receive forgiveness, I receive healing, and I receive strength in Jesus' name. Now, I declare that I'm born again, that you've come into my life. Now, Holy Spirit, testify with my spirit that I am indeed a child of God. I am forgiven, I am healed, and I am free. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, God bless you. Well, we're going to sing that again because I just want that to permeate your heart as you go. I want to ask those who are ministering at the altar today, if you guys could come and just set yourselves up across the altar. There's people ready to pray for you, to minister to you. I mean, Wayne's got a gift of healing on his life right there. I mean, hips were healed, the pain's gone, stuff's gone. You need a healing, you need a breakthrough, you need anything. You know, when have you been to the altar lately? When have you been? You know, it's a good thing to just 
have that encounter where someone agrees with you and prays for you. So the altar's open for you to be ministered to. But I want to bless you right now. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Father, I love this house. I, I love that this is Impact Church and that you've knit our hearts together. I love what you're doing in our community here. And we bless it in Jesus' name. And Father, I bless each one here. I command them to go. I command them to go in the knowledge of the love of our Heavenly Father. I command them to go in a revelation of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I command them to go right now in a revelation that Holy Spirit, you are the gift of God to me. A good, good gift. And you partner with me every day to manifest the kingdom. So I go in confidence and great boldness knowing that you are with me everywhere we go. So I loose them upon this community to bring the kingdom of heaven into manifestation. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day.